0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us here at the Zoe Church Podcast. I wanna encourage everyone to like, subscribe to our podcast, and as always, comment. Sorry, last thing, share if you'd like. But uh, we are a church in Los Angeles. We are dedicated to the message and the person of Jesus. He is the center and the focus of our community. And we're gonna jump into this week's message in just a moment. We've been going through a series called Messy. Messy really has been about bringing clarity and comfort to relationships that can be confusing or chaotic. We're going to go to the scriptures again for the last installment of this series. We're going to go today to Luke 6 and learn how to build on the right foundation for relationships. So let's jump in without any further ado to Messy part four. Jesus Watch what Jesus says in Luke 6. I love this word. He says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Again, this is like what I say to my children. Why do you call me Father when you don't obey me? It's funnier than your expression. That's fine. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep, and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins." thing about messy relationships is we know that conflict's coming. We know that fallout. We know that blame. We know that disagreement. We know that disappointment is coming. Jesus says, listen, if you don't build your life on the rock, how will you be able to stand the test of time? How will you be able to stand if the wind spooks you? Or the rain takes you away. I want to apply that same truth. We're first building, remember, we're first building our life on Jesus. Jesus, in fact, I love this scripture. Let me show you one of my favorite scriptures because it's one of my favorite worship songs. Matthew 21, verse 41. Jesus said to them, have you not heard or read in the scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. He's talking about himself. He's saying the chief cornerstone for our life the rock on which we build our whole life upon is the person, Jesus. The cross, the blood, the life, death, and resurrection. Anybody excited to build your life on Jesus? He's the chief cornerstone. So we build our life on Jesus, and then in the same way, same fashion, we build our relationships on Jesus. See, you have no shot at living a great life without everything first, first, being built on Christ. If you build your marriage on Jesus, your parenting on Jesus, the church on Jesus, come on business owners, your business on Jesus. If you build everything on Jesus, it'll last. Because the reality is, is you're either in a storm, you're either coming out of a storm, or you're either prepping for a storm. Storms happen, sickness happen, disappointment happen, things life happens. Can I get an amen in the church? And so listen, because the storm's coming, if we build right, we'll last. Your marriage is going to go through hard times. That's why when you stand in front of two people, when I, when I get to do a wedding and I get to look at this guy, this, this poor girl, she has no idea what she's signing up for. This sweetheart of a saint of Christ. This guy's just so excited because he now, he, th- he thinks he gets to have, have, play Xbox and be married. This is terrible. And I stand in front of this couple and I ask them to repeat after me, repeat after me. I, Tim, I, Tim, <laughs> take you to be my lawfully wedded wife. To what? To have and to hold, to love and to cherish, in sickness and in health, for poor or for rich. You realize why we make covenant agreements When we get married, it's because storms are coming. Storms are going to come. Health, finance, faith, storms are coming. We're not afraid of them. Because Jesus said, listen, when the rain pours and when the wind howls, we're going to stand because we're built on the rock. Amen. We're built on the rock. we got to have strong foundations. I believe that Zoe is strong. Why is Zoe a strong church? Because we're built on Jesus. We're not built on a personality. We're not built on a person. We're not built on a team. We're built on Jesus. I wonder about your home. I wonder about your marriage. I wonder about your relationships. Are you building them right? Are you building them to last? It's amazing. I was so inspired this last year. I, I, I was up in the, the the Carmel area, the central coast of California, and um, and I was playing golf with some friends. This is uh, last spring, and we were playing golf. And the guy that's hosting me, he said, "Hey, um, just a heads up. Tonight, um, my best friends from kindergarten are going to come to dinner with us." Now, this guy's—he's older. He's in his sixties, and I was thinking to myself, "Your best." Hold on, you're si- I'm looking at a 60-year-old man. He said, my best friends from kindergarten are gonna come to dinner with us tonight. I was like, well, this is gonna be fun. I don't know anyone that has best friends from kindergarten. So we play golf and we go to dinner that night, and I'll never forget these guys. There's three, these three guys, the guy, my, my friend, and then these two other guys walk into dinner, and they embrace each other like they are brothers. It was like the embrace of Joseph when he finally revealed himself to his betrayed brothers. I mean, these guys are crying together. They're excited. And for one night, I just sat there, and they told me story after story after story of the trouble they got to in elementary, the trouble they got to in middle school, the trouble in high school, the trouble when they first got married. I mean, all the, and I'm, we're crying, laughing. And I just thought, these relationships have lasted because they're built on faith. They're built on God. I'm going to give you the foundations to to strong, healthy relationships, and I want to show you that they're all biblical. Write down the first one. you got to build your relationships on, number one, trust. No relationship can last without trust. And we all know right away, let me just first say this. We all know that the first person we trust is God. That's why the Bible teaches us in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. So the first person we trust is God. We trust God. We trust his character. We trust his nature. We trust his word. We trust his ways. We trust his truth. We trust, come on, anybody trust God today? If you're in a storm... Just trust God. If you're going through hell on earth, trust God. What every Laker fan in the house, trust God. Nah, never mind. Pray for trades. Anyways, so you gotta trust God. So the first thing we do is we trust God, and then you gotta learn how to trust people. By the way, don't ever expect someone to trust you if you don't trust yourself. The way that people trust you is that you first trust. You have to have integrity with yourself. If you trust your character and you trust your motives and you've wrestled your intentions and you've proven to yourself that you follow through, you do what you say, you're the same person in private as you are in public. If you build trust with you, you'll build trust with others. Trust is that thing it takes years to build and seconds to lose. Every relationship is built on trust. Trust. I want to ask you: Do you trust your friends? Do you trust your family? Do you trust your spouse? I trust Julia anywhere except for Nordstrom. It's the only place I'm like, uh, "Lady, come back, come back here. Just give me the cards, and then you can go in. Just give me the cards. Give me your phone too. It's Apple Pay. I get it. Give me your phone. I don't trust you in there. I don't trust you in that environment. trust. Look at Proverbs 31. I love this scripture. It says this, a wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. Man, I wonder if, the, if your wife could say, I trust my man. By the way, word to the wise, to all the guys, put your phone on the table. All the passcodes are available to her. She can look through any text. Look through any. Who am I preaching to today? I felt someone at the Zoe fam was. A, someone. Someone in. Someone in. Uh. In South Carolina. Shots fired. How do you build trust? Transparency. How do you build trust? Honesty. You say what you're going to do, and you do it. You're the same person in private as public. you got to build trust. Who can find a person of noble character? Remember, it's never about talent. It's always about character. Trust is that thing that your discerner goes off and goes, I can trust them. I can follow them. I can trust you until you prove to me that you cannot be trusted. And when trust is broken, we give people an opportunity to gain it back. Don't ever build your relationships going, I trust you once. And man, if you, don't you dare. Don't you dare, slugger. My heart is. No, someone breaks your trust. You give them an opportunity to gain your trust back. Amen to that. Look at this next scripture. I love this one. Proverbs 25, verse 19. Trusting a double crosser when you're in trouble is like biting down on an obsessed tooth. Trusting a in other words, in other words, if you if someone proves to you that they can't be trusted, you should not keep trusting them. Stop enabling people that have broken trust continually you got to give people an opportunity to gain back trust. But if they cannot follow through, I'm telling you right now, this this might be TMI. But right after the 1130 service, I'm going to see my dentist. Because I, I, I took a piece of gum last week. And no one told me that there was a piece of gravel or rock within the gum. So I bit down. And I am in so much pain. Guys, if I don't make sense today, I'm in so much pain. It's just like I'm in so much pain. It's right here. I'm in so much pain. I can't think straight. And, tr- and trusting a trusting someone that double crosses, lives deviant, lives two lives is one way to your face and another behind your back. Do not trust that person don't trust them with your pin don't tr- that's to your ATM card Don't trust them with info don't trust them with Intel because they cannot be trust it. We build our foundation of going, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you info. I'm going to give you insight. I'm going to tell you where I'm at. You can tell me where you're at. And because we trusted, if there's no trust in the relationship, the relationship cannot go forward. So we learn how to trust Write down. Number two, the next one is respect. So the first one is trust, and the next one is respect. Now, our culture loves respect. Our culture would say things like, you know, put some respect on my name, or, you know, these different phrases that go on. Or we go to the cemetery, and we pay our respects. So we love respect. Respect is that thing, by the way, that we want the people that know us the best to respect us the most. We don't want respect from Iowa from social media. We want respect from those in our home, your closest friends, your confidants, the people that really know you. By the way, you need people in your life that know the good, the bad, and the ugly about you, because there is good about you. There is some bad, and there is some ugly about every one of us. We're all sinners in need of grace. Somebody say amen. So there's no one perfect. There's no one above. There's no one that's blamed. There's no one that's not in process. We're all under construction. We're all under grace. God's all. God, anybody thankful God's doing a great thing in you? Come on, clap a little bit louder. Zoe family, clap if you're grateful. God's doing a great thing in you. So no one today walked in better than anybody else. I don't care how much money you have or don't have. I don't care how long you've been going to church or haven't been going to church. If you know a scripture, you don't. No one's better. We're all in process. Amen? And so we have to understand we want people that know us the best to respect us the most. How do you garner respect? I respect that you don't quit. I respect that you keep going. I respect that you're still trying. I respect the fact that you admit your failure. I respect the fact that you you live your life with the lights, uh, lights on and the doors open. I respect that about you. I respect your diligence. I respect your work ethic. I respect the way you handle money. I respect the way you forgive. I respect the way you keep trying on that person. Listen, it takes trust. It takes respect. Now, the biblical word here, usually the Bible doesn't use the word respect. It uses the word honor. Watch here how the scriptures teach us. Look look, look at uh, Romans 12, 10. It says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, giving preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, being devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. But go back up there and look at that one. I love that, giving preference to one another and honoring each other. Honor each other. Now, the thing about our culture is we love disrespect. We live in a culture that loves to shame people. Why do you think cancel culture? The reason why cancel culture is so viral is because we're so unhappy with our lives, we want to cancel somebody else's life. So we live in a culture of shame. So, you know, if, if someone doesn't know how to, how to pronounce something, if someone doesn't know how to say something, if someone does something wrong, we cancel them and we disrespect them. There's nothing worse, by the way, than someone that operates in continual disrespect. You know, just a di- dis—you know, there's, if you want to look really bad, disrespect your friends, disrespect your spouse, disrespect your family— You know, because that just looks bad on you. Now, now, don't get me wrong. There's funny things that happen in life, and we can laugh at them. Like uncut gems. That's funny. Uncut gems. It's just pretty funny. So because I laugh, that doesn't mean I'm disrespecting somebody, because it's just, I like the movie Uncut Gems. I liked it. Disrespect is like, it's an attitude disrespect is a spirit. Watch what the Bible says, Romans thirteen seven. Give to everyone what you owe them. <clears throat> if you owe taxes, pay taxes. If you owe revenue, then revenue. If you owe respect, then give respect. If you owe honor, then honor. I wonder if you need to increase your respect level for others. This is what I'm trying to teach my eight-year-old. My eight-year-old in the car yesterday said to his little brother, shut up. And I was like, whose child are you? Who taught you these things? Where are you from? Are you what? And so I sit him down and what am I trying to teach my eight-year-old? We don't disrespect each other. We respect each other. I wonder if what's struggling your relationships is that you don't have enough respect respect each other by the way the person that we have the most respect for the person we revere and love and honor the most is God and when you live in honor when you live in reverence when you live in humility with God it's easy to respect others I respect my overseers I respect my pastor I respect my wife I respect even my children I respect your time I respect your talent. I respect your sacrifice. I respect who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you believe. I don't care if you're different than me. I don't care what political party you're from. I respect you because you are made in the image and the likeness of God. Come on, clap today. If you want to grow in respect. How in the world can you build up if you're always disrespectful? The way that we build, we build first with trust. We build second with respect. Third one right down, you build with communication. Oh, I love this one right here. Communication, Proverbs 15, one. Look at this scripture. A, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So do you realize that your communication can build your relationships to another level or hurt them? Communication, by the way, is not just verbal. There's not just verbal communication. There's body language as communication. So we communicate via text. By the way, can we just clap for all the good texters out there? Can we just praise God for everybody that's good at the form of communication, which is called text message? There is nothing worse, and let me just disrespect you if you're a bad one. Let me shame you real quick. The letter K... Is an unacceptable reply. Can I get a Pentecostal amen in the church? I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I felt like telling somebody, okay. There's verbal, remember, remember, it's not what you're saying, it's how you're saying it. You could say the same thing in a way better way. And by the way, a lot of communication is timing. All of life is timing. So because I trust you and I respect you, I work hard on how to communicate well to you. I want to communicate if we have conflict. I want to communicate if we have disagreement. I want to communicate to the best of my ability. Sometimes a lot of us, the reason why our communication is off is because you're not of a sober mind. You got to get your emotions right. You got to get your heart pure. You got to get your life right. And then you can communicate, but you're not in a place to communicate. That's why you're crushing the foundation. So we got to build it on trust, respect, and communication. A gentle answer turns away wrath. The other day I was on a flight. It was early in the morning flight. I, I despise these flights. So I'm on a plane. I'm in 9A. These just. Why do I give these information, these details out there that are totally unnecessary? I'm in 9A, it's just so that you don't think I'm in first class, to be honest. So anyways, so I'm in, <laughs> uh, did I say that? I thought it. Anyways, so I'm in 9A. And I'm sitting there and when I fly I don't I don't want anyone to talk to me. I haven't talked to someone on a plane in 10 years. So I, just because it's my time with Jesus, I guess. Anyways. So I so I put my hood on, I put my 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 headphones on cuz I am not listening to music, I just don't want to talk. So I'm on the plane, I got my hood on, I got my headphones in and I'm falling asleep and I'm we're about 15 20 minutes in a flight. We're in the air now. Like like Wi-Fi zone. Like you can get Wi-Fi now. Then and, and all of a sudden the lady in front of me that's 8A, the lady in front of me she gets on her knees and turns around and starts to yell at me. Now, I'm sitting there. Again, I'm 9A. I'm almost out. And I look up, and I'm like, and there's a full Karen right there. (laughs) Full Karen. And she starts yelling at me because apparently my knees were were bothering her. I'm 6'2". So so I didn't know this, so it was unintentional. And so I w- so she's coming at me full force. And in my head, I was thinking, I hope someone's videoing this because I'll look like a saint. <laughs> I will look so great in this video. So I was kind of doctoring it up because I was hoping somebody was filming. TikTok. So anyways, <laughs> but um, she's like full, like, wow, oh, you know, just, and in my head, I just, like, thank God I had a mask on, you know? And I was just in my but because under my mask I was like this. And she's just yelling at me. And and so so I just lowered my mask and I was like, I'm so sorry. That's I had no idea. And she just it just de-escalated her. Like I think she was looking for a fight. Like, I wanted to be like, you're not mad at me, you're mad at your husband. You know, like that's what I wanted to say, but I didn't say it. But I'll tell you that. Anyway, so She's mad at somebody. She's mad at somebody. (laughs) It clearly is not me. Like, my knees are not that important. (laughs) But when I replied back to her, it was like she just went. And she got off her knees and turned around and sat down. And I hope her heart rate went down. Mine was still kind of up there. But a gentle reply turns away wrath. Communication, like, are you communicating your expectations? I wonder if you're frustrating relationships because you don't know how to communicate what you expect from others. It's trust, it's respect, but I don't know any relationship that does well without communication. You know, you communicate by your presence. Sometimes you got to show up to a wedding, show up to a funeral, show up to an event because you're communicating care. You're communicating investment. You're, you're, the greatest gift you can give someone is your undivided attention. You're communicating love, respect, trust, all by your body language. I wonder if you're becoming a better communicator or you're getting worse. You ever notice some people, the older they get, the worse they, they just stop caring about the pleasantries and the class. And they stop caring about the respect and they just communicate. Just there's anger, animosity, years of frustration. All of a sudden, you end up on your knees on 8A yelling at somebody. You ever notice this? <laughs> Worship team, come join me. Watch Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Like in other words, if you want great relationships, you should have gracious words. When Jesus was here on this earth, they marveled at two things about Jesus. They were not his sandals or robe or hair. They didn't marvel at the color of his eyes. They marveled at his speech. They said, wow, what gracious words he speaks with and how much authority he has. Why did he have gracious words? Because he was sent from heaven. So if you and I are going to represent heaven, we should have gracious words. We should have words that heal our children, heal our homes, heal our friends. Heal. Come on, somebody clap today. And thank God, Zoe family, gracious words. They're like healing to the bones. When you say a word in season, I want to apologize. I want to own that mistake. I want to say I'm sorry. I want—I I just want to admit I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. If I've ever let you down, you got to say these things. By the way, don't hold honor. Give honor. Don't hold respect. Give respect. Don't hold affection. Give affection. Don't hold attention. Give attention. Anything you hold back, anything you hold back from others, they will be frustrated because they know it's due. They are due your time. They are due your apology. They are due your respect. They are due your attention. Don't hold that back. Communicate. Communicate for a change. Communicate for a difference. Communicate intentionally. And you watch God do great things in your relationship. I've been saying this throughout this series. I think some of us, you are one to two conversations away from unlocking your full potential. And some of us, we just keep going through like, why why is things gone weird? There's no trust. Well, how come it's not going good? There's no respect. And what's going on? There's no communication. And we got to communicate to build respect. And once we build respect, we can build trust. But none of us will get to the place where we can walk into a restaurant with kindergarten best friends and say, here we are 50 years later, still loving, still giving, still helping, still hoping. Come on, somebody clap today if you're grateful that God gives us the power to build our life on Jesus and our relationships on Jesus so he actually says to us, why, going back to the first verse, why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I say? Why would you call me God and you don't apply my teachings? No, we're going to apply this teaching to building our life on Jesus, and we're going to apply this teaching to build our relationships on God. We should build our relationships the way the Bible says to do them. If God says to forgive, we should forgive. If God says we should be agents of healing, we should be agents of healing. If God says that we should choose friends that are with us in the tough times, we should choose friends to be there in the Adversity, Because I'm telling you, storms are coming. Like, man, all this doom and gloom, bro. Why are you talking so negative? Like storms are coming. Plan for God's best. Plan for God's best for your life. God loves you. God's for you. God's with you. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you, give you a hope and a future. God has a plan for your life. So where are the storms coming from? If God's planning is best for me, where are the storms coming from? There is one that has come against your life, who has come to steal, kill, and destroy There is one that's come against your marriage. There is one that's come against your soul with fiery arrows. There is one who has literally set his face against you. If we don't build on the right foundation, when that storm hits, we're not going to stand. When that storm hits, we're not going to last. God has plans to prosper us. God has plans to bless us. We can count on the goodness and the nature of God. even in the midst of the storm we can look and say I don't just have a covenant relationship with my spouse I have a covenant relationship with my father when I look at the rainbow reminds me God made a covenant that he would never flood the earth again When I look at the cross, it reminds me he made a covenant that as far as the east is from the west, he's removed my transgressions from me. He's made a covenant that no longer will my brother teach me. This is who the Lord is. No, but he wrote on the tablet of my heart, all of his love, all of his grace. When I look at the the father's palms, he made a covenant. I've engraved you in the palm of my hands. The storms are coming and they're not coming from God. Because it says, yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death. I don't have to be afraid. He's with me. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Jesus, you're the cornerstone.